Let's jump straight in. I'm talking to you uh, from Proverbs chapter 7. There's only seven minutes and already five seconds have gone, so let's move. Proverbs 5 verse 21 says, For your ways are in full view of the Lord. He examines all your paths. Now, that's always been a bit of a scary verse for me. Uh, we, we generally don't like the idea of being watched. Uh, we almost consider it a kind of threat. You know, I used to be quite naughty growing up. I was a very naughty kid. It wasn't from a malicious place. It was from a place of deep, intense curiosity. So uh, my five-year-old self would say, yes, I understand you said I shouldn't touch the stove, but please break it down for me exactly what will happen if I touch the stove. <laughs> or, yes, you said my finger will get sliced off if I stick into the fan, but really? Sli like clean off just one time, <laughs> off, really? <laughs> eventually the adults in my life got tired of trying to reason with me and they eventually started to say things like, hey, God is watching you. <laughs> it was either that or if you misbehave, the hohos are going to jump out from under your bed at night and will find you gone in the morning. That was my sister's most effective threat. So it was either God is watching you or the hohos are coming for you. Um, and I know that's a story that we can all relate to. Uh, for some of us, it was the hohos or God. For others, it was Santa Claus. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's made his list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's naughty or nice. He's seen whether you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. So please, be good. That's the kind of threat we, we live with in God is watching you, that kind of thing, you know? We also live in a society which is programmed to fear being seen as we are. The organizations that are built around managing perceptions, reality is irrelevant, all that matters is what is seen and how the image can be controlled. But now the other day I'm reading this verse. God sees all my ways, he examines all my paths. What does it actually mean? Within the context of the gospel, what does it mean? The good news of Jesus Christ. To understand that, we need to think a bit about what the gospel is. Romans 3 verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith and that of, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for you to do, that you should walk in them. So in a nutshell, this is the gospel. I, a sinner... I'm declared holy through faith in Christ's atoning death on the cross. I do nothing in my own flesh to earn this salvation. There's nothing that I can do to add to this salvation. I'm positionally sanctified and holy, washed as white as snow right now. But that's not all. In Corinthians chapter 1, Paul addresses the Corinthian church as a sanctified church. He, in verse 2 he says, To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be his holy people. That's just, just amazing, especially given what kind of church the Corinthian church was. This is a church that struggled with sexual sin. The kind of sexual immorality it said that did not even occur amongst the pagans. It was a church plagued by divisions and celebrity culture in which one said, I follow Paul, another said, I follow Apollos. A church that measured itself against itself and glorified spiritual gifts and those operating in spiritual gifts to the point that they lost sight of the God that gave those gifts in the first place. Paul called them sanctified. Now, in the notes of my study Bible around this topic, sanctification, it says, Sanctification means set apart for the Lord, made holy, which is done by one being declared holy through faith in Christ's atoning death on the cross. And this is sometimes called positional sanctification. And two, being made holy by the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of Christians, called progressive sanctification. So, once again, in a nutshell, 
So firstly, actually, I'm made holy by the sacrifice of God. Secondly, I'm made holy daily by the Holy Spirit's work in me. So again, summary of the gospel in a nutshell. I, a sinner, am declared holy through faith in Christ's atoning death on the cross. I do nothing in my own flesh to earn this salvation. There's nothing that I can do to add to this salvation. I'm positionally sanctified and holy, washed white as snow right now. But in addition, it says that God works in me to will and act according to his good purpose. So even while I'm still in this world, already saved, the Holy Spirit begins to work in me, forming the image of Christ in me so that I begin to reflect him in my day-to-day -day living, reflecting where I already am positionally in Christ. The salvation comes from God. The empowerment to live a life that reflects Christ comes from God. In what then can I boast? And with this context, if I do nothing to earn salvation, nothing that I can do to sustain it, and the power to live a Christ-centered life comes from me, how can I view Proverbs 1 verse 5 verse 21 as a threat? Yes, he watches all my paths. Then, then what is it? What does that mean? So if it isn't, if it isn't a threat, what, are the, what actually is it, and what are the implications when it comes to trials, temptations, and the call of God for each of our lives? Now, Hebrews... You actually stole my verse. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so you'll not grow weary and lose heart. It's not a threat. It's an encouragement. And the encouragement is to fix our eyes on Jesus. In temptations, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted more than you can bear. He'll make a way out. In trials, James 1 verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let the perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When it comes to the work of God that he's purposed in our lives, Hebrews 13 verse 20 and 21, it says, Now may the God of peace equip you for every good thing, for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him, through Christ Jesus, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. There's nothing hidden from God in our lives. There's nothing hidden from God in our hearts. His eyes are on us. So fix our eyes, let's fix our eyes on him. When it comes to trials, fix our eyes on him in faith. He has us. When it comes to temptation, he's already made a way of escape. He knows exactly what you're going through. Fix your eyes on him in faith. And when it comes to the equipping of the work that he has for, for us, he equips, he provides, he opens doors. It's his work to begin with. It's not ours. So fix your eyes and trust him as the author and finisher of our faith. Amen.